Welcome, friends, to this brand new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad. Well, very warm greetings to you, my friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God. Now, during my prayer time this morning, as I was thinking about today's message, I I was saddened and grieved by this thought. And that is that every day, unredeemed, unsaved men, women, young people, and children run up against God and His good ways for them. And as a result, they become miserable in life. And that's because they live only for this world, which is empty. It is temporary. It is fleeting. We think that this life is all there is. Well, then it's no surprise that people can become greedy for all sorts of things, even though they know it's wrong. They can become greedy for all sorts of things that just cannot satisfy. It can be greed for sex, and then it's not enough. They have to have more, which is which involves pornography, which is a massive problem all over the world. There's greed for money, but money doesn't satisfy, so there's greed for more money. And ultimately, someone is never able to be fulfilled. It could be greed for accomplishment and then more accomplishment, and it's never enough. Now, my friends, That's because there is no true, I'm telling you the truth, there is no true fulfillment outside of a relationship with God, God the Father, through Jesus Christ the Son, the Savior of the world. He said, uh, speaking of eternal life, which is the most superior quality of life, it comes from God. No man can have it outside of a relationship with him through Jesus. And so Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God. This was in his prayer to the Father, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus was saying some very strong things to those that were not sincere followers of his in John chapter 6. And when they left him, they no longer followed him. Then he turned to his 12 disciples and he said, do you want to go as well? That is, you need to make a decision. They made a decision to stop following me. What are you going to decide? And then Peter spoke up and he said, Lord, you have the words of eternal life. Where else would we go? And then Jesus tells us in Matthew 
11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden or burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Now, my friends, when you and I exchange our lives for his, it's then that our sins are forgiven, our our shame, our guilt, they're removed. And we have a brand new life, eternal life. Do these things describe you, my friends? Do you know that Jesus will give you this right now freely as a gift of his grace? And then he makes it simple and uncomplicated, the greatest gift there ever has been or there ever will be, forgiveness of sin, eternal life, a right relationship with God. Jesus makes it simple and uncomplicated. And it's literally a simple but sincere prayer away. And he will give you his life, just like he did for me in 1981 when I prayed the prayer that I'm about to pray with you and for you. And I can never, ever, ever forget the overwhelming sense of joy and for forgiveness of my sin and eternal life and and giving me a brand new life. Would you pray with me now to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Pray these words with me, Lord Jesus Christ. Pray with me, Lord Jesus Christ. I surrender my life to you here and now and forevermore. No holding back. I give my life to you, Lord Jesus. Live your life in me. And I will live for you and serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a brand new life, eternal life. And now let me pray for you, Father, for those that prayed that prayer. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your forgiveness in Jesus. We thank you for a brand new life. We thank you for eternal life. But Father, we know that the powers of darkness will come against these people and try to get them to back off from the decision that they made. And I'm asking, we're asking that you would cover them and protect them from the schemes of the devil and every demonic spirit and every pressure of man and every threat and lie of man, and you would keep them to yourself all the days of their lives and cause them to be fruitful in your church and in your kingdom. And Father, I can't wait one day to meet every single one of the men, women, young people, and children that prayed that prayer right now with me. I give you thanks and praise. We give you thanks and praise. 
in the mighty name of our Savior, you, Lord Jesus. Amen <laughs> and amen. My friends, the Bible says that there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous. And I can assure you that there is a roar in heaven right now. There is a celebration in heaven. And let it be that there's a celebration now for every single one of you who prayed with me to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If by any chance you have any access to the internet, then please let me know that you prayed with me right now. All you have to do is just go to bradably.com, bradably.com. Brad is B as in boy, R-A-D as in David, ably, A-B as in boy, L-E-Y.com, bradably.com. And just click on the connect button and let me know that you prayed. You don't have to give me your full name if you want. You just give me your first name. And um, that's all I need. I just would be able to rejoice with you. But it is important to let someone know right away that you pray to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because we just found out last week, I think it was last week, when Jesus says, everyone who confesses me before men the Son of Man will confess him also before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. I'll tell you, when you declare to someone that you gave your life to Jesus, it, it does something powerful and lasting in you. And so this isn't just my idea. This is something for your growth. Now, I'm going to shift gears and get into the message. My friends, would you rejoice with me that this is the 100th broadcast in our series in Luke, which is called the Know Your Faith series. The 100th broadcast in Luke. And it couldn't come at a better time because uh, this is one of my favorite passages in Scripture. It's Luke chapter 12 and verses 13 through 21. Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. And the title of today's message is The Cure for Idolatry, The Cure for the Idolatry of Greed. The Cure for the Idolatry of Greed, which we just talked about a short while ago. Now, before we open up to Luke 12, verses 13 through 21, would you please join me in prayer for the rest of this message? Father, I'm asking you to move powerfully upon the listening audience and raise up for me. Uh, Father, I just feel a desperation for a team of men, women, and young people and children who will pray for my protection against all of the powers of darkness and all that they, they hurl at me, all the traps, all the things that they, just you know, the powers of darkness that come against me. I need a mighty team of intercessors. 
And I'm asking, Father, that you would move upon the hearts of people throughout Africa, throughout Latin America, every in North America, everywhere that this broadcast goes. Father, put that good burden upon people to pray for me and for Maureen for protection from all the powers of darkness against sickness, disease, calamity, and temptation, and heaviness, and oppression. And now, Holy Spirit, you are the master teacher. May it be that everything that I teach brings glory and honor to the Father and to the Son, and that it it is used by you to build your people and deepen our faith in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Be glorified. Amen and amen. Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 13, the cure for the idolatry of greed. Someone in the crowd said to him, speaking to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. Verse 14, but he said to him, man, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you? And then he said to them, now, this would be both brothers, perhaps other family members, but remember, Jesus, this, this man has just interrupted Jesus, who was speaking to his disciples. And as we go back in Luke 12, we find in verse 1 that so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were stepping on one another. And so they're still there watching Jesus' interaction with this brother, probably the younger brother. And the disciples are watching and listening to this interaction as well. So it's not just to both brothers, but it's to the entire crowd. And he says to them, verse 15, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. Now, I find it fascinating, a bit shocking. It only happens a handful of times in the Gospels that someone tries to command Jesus to do something. (laughs) In this case, to boss him around. Because the Greek word, when when this brother says, teacher, tell my brother, the Greek word translated tell is in the imperative voice. It's a command. He is commanding Jesus to do what he wants him to do so that he can get what he wants. He he appeals to an authority. Now, it wasn't uncommon for people in that land to take their unsettled disputes to respected rabbis. And The man calls Jesus teacher. That would be a rabbi. And when Jesus responds in verse 15, I find it interesting that the 
the young man commanded Jesus. Now Jesus is commanding him, but not just him, his brother and everyone that is listening, because beware is also a command and be on your guard is also a command. And they're in the present tense. You see, my friends, what this means is that Jesus is saying, establish a lifestyle of guarding your heart. Beware. That is, watch and be on your guard against every form of greed. What are we guarding against? It's the greed that gets in our hearts through our thinking, through our our what are what we observe. And he says, because every human being, just about every human being, thinks this, at least in American culture, the more I have, the happier I'll be. Can you relate to that? The more I have, the happier I will be. And Jesus says, no, that is not the case. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. But that is not how most people think. And when, whenever we think counter to what Jesus teaches, we are in trouble, my friend. We can never be satisfied. We're going to make others miserable around us. We're going to do unrighteous things, and we're going to get ourselves into trouble. And the reality is this man this brother thought Jesus was just an ordinary rabbi. No, Jesus is the Messiah, and his mission was to preach the gospel of salvation to all and point people to him as the only true source of eternal life. He didn't come to be engaged in frivolous, everyday conflict that could be solved by temporal judges. Not at all. He came to change and transform us and to deliver us from the power of sin and from the power of darkness. Now, my friend, do you know that, that God calls greed for anything other than him idolatry? And idolatry is arguably the worst sin of all in Scripture. Why do I say that? Because the very first commandment says, you shall have no other gods beside me or before me. That is idolatry. To worship any other god besides God is idolatry. Satan, Lucifer, was the covering cherub he was the most beautiful, perhaps the greatest angel that God had ever created. And Lucifer was in the presence of infinite love and holiness and righteousness, and it wasn't good enough for him. He wanted to be like God. He was and is an idol worshiper. He worships himself. And the Apostle Paul tells us, in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 5, 
He says this, for this you know. Actually, in Greek, this is emphatic. For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man, that is a greedy person, who is an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let me read it again. For this you know, with certainty, that no immoral or impure impure person or covetous man. In context, covetous here probably has to do with the the um, sinful desire of another person for sexual gratification, but it certainly includes financial greed. And then he says that this threefold category, they're, they're idolaters. And such a person will never get to heaven. Well, Paul mentions this again in Colossians, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5. I'm turning there now, Colossians 3 and verse 5. Paul says, Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. That's why I've titled this message the way that I've titled it, and that is the cure for the idolatry of greed. And I'm establishing for you, the listener, that greed can involve money. It can involve more material things, which is essentially the same thing. It can be greed to impress people. So this lust for fame, it can be sexual greed. It can be greed for power. And authority or influence, it's all idolatry. Again, according to the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, that is likely the most serious sin in the Bible because it breaks the first commandment. Now, my friends, such idolatry would seem to be the domain of sinners, but you can easily find it in Christians as well. Because so many Christians don't know the Word of God, they don't have a close relationship with God, they don't seek Him, they're not interested in having their minds renewed on a daily basis, they're not interested in having Christ formed in them, they're not interested, they're not pursuing the Holy Spirit to develop His fruit. And so they live like the world. And that's why, my friends, I'm telling you the truth. Because I love you. I want the best for you. That is why close adherence daily to the Word of God is so urgent. Listen, my friends, we need our minds renewed every day. We need the daily repentance of our sin that can cleanse us from these things. I hope many are saying amen at this point because this is the truth. Now, for the background of of what we've just read, well, actually, for the background of, well, I haven't even finished the the passage, have I? I'm sorry. I just got, got carried away. Let's read 
the rest of this passage, verses 16 through 21, and I'm running out of time, so that means I'm going to have to pick up next week. And so based upon this inner, uh, this exchange, this interchange with Jesus and this greedy young fellow, verse 16, <coughs> Luke says, Jesus told them a parable, saying the land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? That's because his land was so productive. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I'll store all my grain and all my goods. Verse 19, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20, this is one of the most shocking moments in Scripture. What a dramatic contrast. In verse 20, Jesus says, But God said to him, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? And here's the clincher in verse 21. So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. My friend, are you rich toward God or are you storing up treasure for yourself? This man referred to himself 15 times in just a handful of verses. He never thanked God. He wasn't generous. He was greedy. Everything was all about himself. This foolish man said, I've got many more years to come. God said, no, you don't. You are going to die tonight. Do you know, my friends, I know I'm preaching throughout Africa and Latin America, but this man's attitude is the really the prevailing attitude of most Americans. Well, it's not just Americans, it's people all over the world. Where are you at, my friend? Are you becoming rich toward God? Or are you rich in the things of this world? Where do you stand today? And if you cannot say, I am rich toward God, then my friend, here's what you, you must do with this passage. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you any greed in your life that makes you poorer spiritually. Because you continually seek satisfaction in this world instead of growing deeper or richer toward God. And when the Holy Spirit points these things out, my friend, believer in Jesus, repent. Ask him to forgive you. Replace the time and the energy and the focus that you've wasted by investing time in God's presence in his word, in prayer, in praise and worship, and with a heart of obedience. 
That is what you should do with this message. Let's pray together now in the time that we have left. Father, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are convicting your people. And we ask that you would reveal to us anything and everything that we need to repent of and help us to respond immediately without delay. And then, Holy Spirit, would you develop within us a greater sense of urgency to have reverence to you, to respond to you, to be sensitive to your presence when you say to us, turn away from that, walk away from it. And we thank you that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we cry out to you and ask that you would help us to hunger and thirst for more of you, more of your word, more of prayer, more praise and worship, and immediate obedience. We ask these things in the holy name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and draw you to himself. And my friends, let others know about this broadcast, please. And pray for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradably.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on Amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after Him in every way.